Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are grateful and thankful this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. We give you all the doors that are within our hearts. Lord, unlock them and let your spirit reach us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Let him be the teacher this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Wonderful. Okay, so I want to share with you a very simple message that I call salvation for you and your household. Salvation for you and your household. Are you excited about my topic? <laughs> Salvation for you and your household. Amen. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. You know, the messages on salvation are not popular messages. They are not exciting messages. Do you understand? If you are a pastor and you are interested in gathering a crowd, you are interested in drawing a crowd, salvation will usually not be your topics. Do you understand? Salvation will not usually be your topics, but it is the main thing. Hallelujah. It is the main thing, and it is that which we must preach. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Genesis chapter 18. And verse number 16. Genesis 18 and verse 16. The Bible says, And the man rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom and and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. The next verse. For I know, say I know. This is the Lord speaking. He says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Hallelujah. That which he had spoken of him. He says, for I know, for I know him, for I know him, I know him that he will 
command his household, his children and his household. Abraham will command his children and his household. This God knows personally. Amen. Amen. This God knows personally. So it is important for us to understand that God has done a great thing for us. God has done a great thing for us by saving us. God has done a mighty, wonderful, awesome thing for us by bringing us salvation. Now, it is equally important also for us to understand that God did not save us alone. God did not intend to save you alone, but God intended to save you and your household. God's plan is to save you and your household. And our God says of Abraham, he says, for I know him, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. Amen. This is Abraham. So it is important for us to know that God's plan is to save you. God may have chosen you, but his plan is to save you and your household. But not to save you alone. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, this applies to every born again Christian. Say, this applies to me. And tell your neighbor, this applies to you. Say, if you are born again, this applies to you. So, God has chosen you to save you. But his intention is not to save you alone, but to save your household. Hallelujah. God's plan for your life is not to save you alone, but to save your household. Now, this is very important for every Christian to be aware of. If you are a Christian and you are a born-again Christian, then it's important for you to be aware of the fact that if you are saved, God expects that your salvation will reach to your household. Hallelujah. God is expecting that salvation will reach your wife. Salvation will reach your husband. Salvation will reach your mother and your father, your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. Salvation will reach your aunties and your uncles, your nephews and your nieces, your grandmother, your grandfather. God expects that salvation through you will reach them. Amen. Amen. That is God's plan for you. I said, that is God's plan for you. That if God has saved you, he intends that your household will be saved. Hallelujah. That is the will of God for you. If you are not sure of any will, this is the will of God for you. That God intends that your household will be saved. Amen. You see, if you know how hell is, if you really understand what is hell, You will not want even your enemies to go there. If you understand what is hell, you will not be sitting down with an aloof attitude, I don't care type of attitude, and let your uncles and your aunties be dying one after the other on their way to hell. If you really understand what is hell, if you understand what is in hell, it will concern you so much. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? 
You see, how many of you would be so concerned to hear that your loved one is being taken to jail? Maximum, what do you call that? Maximum security jail or prison. Maximum security prison. How many of you will rejoice or you will, it will not matter to you that your loved one, someone, your wife is being taken to jail? Maximum security prison. Or your sister is ta- being taken to maximum security pr- How many of you will like that? You will not like that. Amen. Even if your loved one is called to go to the army and go to a war front, you go on your knees to pray. Do you understand? You see, if you know, if you know what hell is and what is in hell, it will matter to you so much that someone in your household is not born again. Hallelujah. You see, God may have chosen you, God may have chosen you in particular out of the whole household to save you. God may have selected you and have chosen you to be saved, but God's intention and God's plan is for your entire household to be saved. Amen. You can't sit down and say, I'll leave them to go to their Methodists and leave them to go to their Roman and leave them to worship their gods and you don't care. You can't be like, God expects that your household will be saved Amen. through you, through the messages that you hear. Amen. 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 Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, verse 19 in this scripture that we read, look at it in the NIV. NIV. It says, verse 19, it says, For I have chosen him. Go back to the previous one. It says, Abraham will surely become a great and a powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Then he says, for I have chosen him. I have chosen him. Do you understand? I have chosen him. God has a plan to save so many. But he says, I have chosen this one man. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, all that God has promised Abraham, the things that God has promised Abraham, they are stemmed from the fact that Abraham alone is chosen and God's plan and his intention is to save his whole household so that God will bring to pass all his promises concerning Abraham. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is God's plan. He says, I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household. He will direct his children and his household. I have chosen this one man and I'm expecting I am expecting that he would direct the maids in his house. He would direct the cleaners, the, um, the, the, the um, garden boys. Everyone that is in his household. 
He will direct them to come to God. Amen. Amen. You see, this plan of God is highlighted in so many areas in the scriptures. And I want us to look at a few of them, if you will. First one, I want us to look at salvation for the nobleman and his household. Salvation for the nobleman and his household in John chapter 4 and verse 46. We can stay in the NIV, that is fine. The nobleman and his household. Hallelujah. He says, once more, he visited Cana in Galilee. You know who we're talking about? Who are we talking about? Jesus. Very good. He said, once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Are you with me? There was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. He came to seek Jesus. You know, if this boy, do you think that the first thing that came to this man's head when his son fell sick was Jesus? When his son had a little fever, probably the first thing that came to him was Tylenol. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Or put some cold cloth around his head and you'll be fine. And then the fever was not going. So he says, take him to the doctor. He probably didn't even go. He sent his wife, take him to the doctor and let me know what the bill is. Do you understand? So now the boy is going through all this, but the Bible says he was close to death now. He was close to death. This man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea he went to him and begged him. He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Now, unless you people, Jesus, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. I want you to pay attention to what we're reading. He says, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will not believe. Jesus said to them, when the man came to beg Jesus to heal his son, this is the answer that Jesus gave him. That unless you see miracles, unless you people, who are you people? You. Me. He says, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe. You will not believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Stop the believing things. And You see, that is not what is on his mind. 
Jesus was saying something to him, but he ignored him totally. He said, Sir, come down before my child dies. I didn't come here. I came here for a miracle. I came here for a touch. Amen. Amen. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. You may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Amen. He took Jesus at his word and did what? What did Jesus say to him? He says, you may go. You may go. Your son will live. And he took Jesus' word and he departed. Amen. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. He says, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe. So look, he said, while he was still on the way, hoping that, well, if the prophets had said, let me go and say the same thing to him. The prophet says you will live, so don't be afraid. He says his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Now when he inquired, he inquired at the time when his son got better. You see, he wanted to know. Because unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe. So he inquired from the servants as to the time when his son got better. They said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. That is 7 o'clock. Yesterday, 7 o'clock. I'm not sure if it is 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. Let's say it was a day evangelism. So it was 7 a.m. Then the father realized. Listen. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Seven a.m. The man said, "Go your way. Your son will live." Then the man realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, "Your son will live." So he, because of that, he says, "So, so, do you understand?" You see, he says, "Unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe." So when the man inquired, he says, the man inquired as to what time the boy was made well. And then he realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. Because of miraculous signs and wonders. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, so you may have come to Jesus for a reason. I am not sure what brought you. You see, if you look at the scripture, I believe in verse 46. Verse 46. You will notice something. 
Verse 46, you notice that the man came alone. The man came alone to seek healing for his son. He came alone to seek healing for his son. I don't know what brought you to the church. I don't know what brought you to Jesus. I don't know. Some of you, your beloved may have left you. Well, it wasn't a beloved. It was a boyfriend. Your boyfriend left you and you were disappointed and very sad. And you could not do anything. But the only place you could go was go to church. At least they will say something that may comfort you. Do you understand? Some of you, it is because you are looking for a husband. Or you are looking for a wife. You want a good wife. Do you understand? Some of you, you want proper children. You want to have children. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Some of you, you were unemployed and you were so down. You were so down and you have nothing else to do so you came to church. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It does not matter what it is that brought you to church. It was intended that you will come to find Jesus. It was intended that you in particular, you in particular, you see, the noble man, he came to Jesus alone, not with his servants. He was the one who was troubled by the death of his son. He was the one who was troubled by the sickness of the son who was close to death. He didn't come with his wife. He didn't come with his servants. He came alone. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Whatever it is that brought you to Jesus, you heard a preaching message. You heard something. And there was an altar call and you gave your life to Christ. You see, you came to believe. Whatever it is that brought you to Jesus, you came to believe. Some of you, you came and there was some big breakthrough that happened to you that you had nothing but to believe. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So I'm trying to show you that the main thing, the main thing, it is not for the signs and the wonders. The main thing is salvation for you and for your household. That is the main thing. So Jesus intended that the man will believe. The man will receive salvation. But he said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. It must be that your son has to be sick, close to death, to come to me and let me speak and be healed the same hour that I say he'll be well. When you see such miraculous signs, when you see such wonders, then you will believe. And then it will extend to your household also. Can I have an amen? amen? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is the plan of God for your life. Whatever it is that brought you to Jesus. Yes, you are saved. But he intended that it will extend to your household. Hallelujah. He intended that it will extend to your household. Amen. Amen. As for the miracle, you, he will give you. Because you need it. You, you like it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Some of you need breakthrough. And that drove you to church. 
Some of you needed green card, so you came to church. Some of you, you I don't know what you needed. You needed you needed some witches to leave you. You needed deliverance. Do you understand? You see, you have certain pain in your waist. You have certain pain in your back. And it has been troubling you. The doctors have been giving you injection in the area. Injection and injection and injection. It cannot go. So he said, let me find a church and go. But you came and you are healed. And you will be saved on top of that. But it is intended for you and your household. Amen. So you see, sometimes God will give us something to bring us closer to receive salvation. Amen. He has to single you out. He had to, you see, out of the household, he chose this man to, not his servant to be sick, for him to be sick. For him, for his son to be sick, not his servant's son to be sick. And says, you have many, one dies, then what is the problem? But his own son. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? His own son. And that brought him to Christ. Because he knows that we need the signs and the wonders. Let me show you a scripture in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Look at that. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, you see, the main thing that he wants them to do is to go and preach that the people will believe. Do you understand? And be saved. Are you, are you with me? That is the commandment. The first thing he told them is he didn't tell them to go and heal people. Do you understand? He says, go into all the world. Go, go back to verse 16. He said to them, go into all the world and do what? Preach the good news. Preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Go and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be what? Will be saved. Whoever believes, when you preach, they will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes and their hands, with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. Are you with me? Then the disciples went out and did what? 
preached everywhere. They went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. You see, he wanted them to believe. He wanted them to be saved. And the Lord worked with them. Confirm what? Confirming what? He confirmed his word. It is his word. That is the primary thing. Preaching of the gospel. Preaching the good news. But you see, he has to let them believe because it says, without signs and wonders, you people, you will not believe. Without signs and wonders, he will not. You, so he confirmed the word by the signs that accompanied it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, he, he, the, 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 the main thing is for the word to be preached. The main thing is the preaching of the gospel. And he will confirm the word by the signs that follow. You will receive miracles. I said you will receive miracles. You will receive breakthrough. Whatever you have laid before the Lord, you will get answers. But you see, we must not make that the priority. We must not switch that and make that the main thing such that now all that we preach and talk about are the signs and the wonders and not the word. But the signs and the wonders, he worked with them, working with them to confirm the word. To confirm the word. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So we must not now Come and all we are looking for are the signs and wonders. And that we don't even preach the word anymore. And that is what is happening in our churches. That we are talking only about the signs and wonders. Only about breakthroughs. Only about new cars. And new houses. And marriages. And visas. And green cards do you understand what I'm saying and we do not talk about the good news we do not talk about the good news hallelujah but the main thing is for the good news to reach you and to reach your household hallelujah the next one salvation for Cornelius and his household salvation for Cornelius and his household Acts chapter 10 and verse 24. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 24. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10 and verse 24. It says, the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Now you know the story about Cornelius, don't you? Yes. Well, this man was praying, and as he was praying, an angel visited him. And when the angel visited him, the angel said he should send men to Joppa to, and directed him to a certain man of God. And that man of God would tell Cornelius what to do. Do you understand? Angel said that Cornelius arms, arms given, his offerings. You see, when you are giving offerings, you think the Lord is not marking them. So you, you, you look for a dollar that has been used and reused and is oily. It fell in an oil and they took it out and you dry it. 
You can't even put it in your wallet, but you, you, you have it separately. How many of you know someone who does that? Not you, but you know someone who does that. Not you. I didn't say you. They didn't come to church today. <laughs> so he says, now, this is when Peter, um, the, um, Cornelius sent a servant to Peter to come. He says, the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together who? His relatives and close friends. He has called together his relatives and close friends. You see, it is only you when an angel visits you and good news is coming to your house, you come alone. It is only you who come to church alone. It is only you when a man of God is coming to preach, you come alone. But for Cornelius, he gathers his relatives and his close friends. Everyone that is around. Why are your close friends? Why are your close friends? Where are your relatives? Where are your cousins? He says, he, when Cornelius was expecting them, he was expecting them to come. So what did he do? He called together his relatives and close friends. Mind you, God only visited Cornelius. The angel came to visit only Cornelius. He didn't visit these relatives. So the next verse, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, I'm only a man myself. You see some of you when you see pastors. Hey, Rev. Hey. Rev, hi. <laughs> no fear of the man of God. Amen. So he said, but Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, I'm only a man. I'm not saying that when you see me, you know, no, no, no. please, you can give me high five. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. The next verse, he says, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. Wow. God visited you and it was intended not for you alone. He says, when Peter went inside, it was like a whole church. I said, it is only you who comes to hear a man of God. When a man of God is visiting, you are alone. You see, Cornelius could have had a private meeting. Do you understand? Sack all a servant, go, 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 go. I'm expecting. Do you understand? And then receive him alone. As the servant is bringing drinks, they will, he will keep quiet. When you bring the drink, go, go, go. And then they will continue the conversation. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But it says, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. A large gathering of people. Wow. Not three, two people. A large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law 
for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. This is a tradition of men. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? May I ask? Now Peter, he doesn't even know why he's here. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before who? Me, alone. It was my encounter. It was my personal experience. It is my personal vision. But I tell you, it was not meant for him alone. God singled him out to visit him. I believe the way, if you read the beginning, he was a righteous man and all his household, so devout man. And I believe that all his household, they go to church and they give offerings. But God singled him out and visited him. You see, it's not by chance that God singled you out to show you salvation. It's not by chance that you believe and you gave your life to Christ. That many people in your household have heard the same message and they didn't believe. Grace came to you. And it was not intended for you alone. Amen. So he says, Cornelius answered. He says, four days ago, I was in my house. In my house. Praying. He was praying alone. At this hour, at three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me. And said, Cornelius... God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So Cornelius went on and on and explained to him what was happening, why he has sent for him. So he said, send for him. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Only him did the angel visit. And the angel said, Send men to Joppa, and he will tell you what to do. But he was thinking of others. He was thinking of his whole household. Is somebody understanding the scriptures this afternoon? Richard, it was meant for him and his whole household. So he says, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. To tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how it is true that God does not show favoritism. So Peter began to preach and preach powerfully. Keep going. Verse 35. The next verse. Peter's preaching. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace. Good news of peace. That is the reason why the angel visited him. To come and bring him the good news. Who is that? You know what has happened through Judea. Beginning in Galilee for the baptism that John preached. Continue. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all that were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. So Peter continued to preach. He continued to preach. Keep going. But God raised him. He was sent by, the, by all the people, but by witness whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Now, this was before all the people who have gathered. This was before all the people who have gathered. And so Peter continued to preach powerfully and go to verse. So they gave their life to Christ and they were baptized. Now go to chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 1. Chapter 11, verse 1. It says, The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles, Cornelius and his family, they were Gentiles. They were not Jews. Do you understand? Now the apostles and the brethren, the, 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 the Jewish community, the Christians, it says the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. They have received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised, the circumcised believers criticized him. <laughs> Do you understand? Because you see, for them, the word is for us. They criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Amen. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. So he says, I was in the house of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners and it, be, it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth and beasts, reptiles and bears of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure, unclean has ever entered my mouth. Some of us, I tell you, you see, we will hear the voice of God and we say, no, 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 no. no." He says, don't marry this one. He says, Lord, you have not looked at the buttocks. You have not checked the breast out. Lord, come on. Bosom majesty. Lord, look at this one. How can you let this one pass? You are hearing the voice of God. You say, change it. This is the one. You are like Peter. The voice spoke from heaven second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. <laughs> this happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Hallelujah. I want you to jump to verse 12. Okay, let's continue to read. Verse 12. Verse, okay, that, this happened three times. Now we say, the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. Do you understand? Go back so that you understand what I'm reading. Well, so verse 11. It says, right there, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. 
when he had this heavenly vision. Then the spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon who is called Peter. This is what Cornelius also told him. He will bring you a message. Say a message. Say a message. He said, he will bring you, 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 a message. He will bring you a message through which, say through which, say through the message, through what I am hearing, through what I've heard in church. He says, he will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. You. And all your household will be saved. Hallelujah. The message, it's such that it is for you and all of your household. The message is coming to you to save you and all of your household. God visited Cornelius, but the salvation was for him and his whole household. Amen. 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 Salvation for you and your household. Amen. Amen. The next one, the next one, let's look at salvation for Lydia and her household. Salvation for Lydia and her household. Acts chapter 16 and verse 13. Acts chapter 16 and verse 13. Is somebody understanding the scriptures? You see, salvation is for you and your household. He says, I know Abraham. I have selected Abraham. The reason why I have chosen him. I have known Abraham. God has expectation of you. That is why God singled you out of your household. That is why God chose you. He could have chosen someone else, but that person may not spread it, may not even encourage, may not pray for his household, may not be concerned about the salvation of his household, but God selected you. He says, I know Abraham. I know Abraham. I have chosen Abraham. I have selected Abraham. I have singled him out. Because I know that when he is saved, he will bring all his household. Abraham is not the man that will allow his family, his household to do whatever they want. To worship whatever they want. But I know that he will command his household after God. Amen. God is depending on you for other people's salvation. I say God is depending on you for the salvation of your household. Acts chapter 16, verse 13. Salvation for Lydia and her household. In case you say that, oh, these are all men. You know, the men are the head of the house. So when they are saved, it's for the house. So on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. There are some people, they look for a place of prayer. Some people, too, they run away from a place of prayer. He says, we went to a place of prayer, and we found some women have gathered somewhere. So it's an opportunity. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira who was a worshiper of God. 
And then what did the Lord do? The Lord opened her heart. Whose heart? The Lord opened Lydia's heart. There were so many others that were around. But the Bible says, the Lord opened her heart. Amen. The Lord opened her heart. He says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Lydia, alone, singled out. The Lord selected her. The Lord chose her and opened her heart so that she will respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. So when the salvation reached Lydia, it reached her household also. It reached her household. He says, when she and the members of her household were baptized, but it was Lydia alone whose heart the Lord opened. She invited us to come home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Let us look at more examples of people who's, who were saved and through them, salvation also reached their household. The next person, salvation for the prison official and his house. Acts chapter 16 and verse 22. The same place, Acts chapter 16 and verse 22. Acts 16 and verse 22. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Now this is when Paul and Silas went to preach in a place and this girl was following them and saying all kinds of things and then they cast out the demon that was in the girl. And apparently she was, she was owned by a certain group of men who were using her for juju money, making money through her. So they got angry. Do you understand? They got angry and they framed all kinds of things for Paul and Silas to be jailed. So he said the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten because of that. You know when he's beating you, you don't want to go and preach. Imagine you went to do evangelism, young lady, and they caught you and they stripped you and they beat you. That would be the end. <laughs> after, they had, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, please pay attention, upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. After they had been beaten, stripped, and they were singing hymns to God. Come on. If they beat you, they stripped you, you ripped your, and they beat you. Whip your buttocks with a cane and put you in jail. Would you be singing hymns to God? You'll be singing hymns to God and then counting your stripes. Oh Lord, thank you. And then make hymns out of your stripes. <laughs> you will be cursing us. Look at what the church has brought me. Look, and even the pastors have not come to visit me. Look at them. You'll be angry. Small, your nail is hurting you. Even the pastor has not called you. You are angry. Your nail bed, your nail. 
even you were cutting your own food and you cut your finger a little bit, the pastor has not called you. You didn't go for evangelism. See, three weeks I've not gone to church. No one has called me, you see. And you are staying home with your fingernail. But they were in the, in the prison singing hymns. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking at once. All the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. So this is the end of my life. These were prisoners, high security, maximum security prisoners. And they have put him in charge and they had escaped. So he thought that this is the end of my life. You see, some of you, you were at the end of your life and God found you. You lost your job and you were almost becoming homeless. You said, let me go to the church and perhaps. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, Certain situations, God brings them your way to have certain encounter with the word and salvation. To see signs and miracles. Wonders coming your way for salvation. So this prisoner, he almost killed himself. He, took, he pulled his sword. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. We didn't go anywhere. Only our feet, we are all loose. The chains are broken. The jailer called for light, rushed in, and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? You think it's by accident. You see, you have no idea what salvation is and how God has worked your salvation to bring you where you are. You have no idea. It may be as though you were just sick and you were in a hospital and that is what you would think. That I happened to be sick and I was in a hospital and I met a pastor. No. That is what you may think. God intended that you be saved. That was God's plan for you. This woman here, she almost died. She was in a hospital. That's where I met her. And you see, you may think that that is how. That is how. And God saved me. Yeah. But your salvation, it was, it was ordained. In the heavenlies. All planned out. All planned out. That through you, you'll be saved. Through whatever. Some of you, you were depressed and you came to church. Some of you, you lost your husband, you came to church. You lost your wife, you came to church. You went through divorce and you came to church. But you see, it is a small thing compared to your salvation. The most important thing that God wanted to bring you was your salvation. That is the most important thing that God wanted to bring you. So suddenly, he said, says, what must I do to be saved? Because he has seen miraculous sign and wonder. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You alone. You alone. Only here. 
you will be saved. We are here with you one on one. We will preach to you. You will be saved. We are saying believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Put your hands together for the Lord. You and your household. That is God's plan for you. You and your household. Our time is up. And um, there are several ones, few ones that I, let me just give you the scriptures and then you'll read them on your own. Read them and um, you can preach on them. Um, There's also Crispus. Crispus and his household. Salvation for Crispus and his household. Acts chapter 18 and verse 8. Crispus and his household. Acts chapter 18 and verse 8. You know, let's just do one, just one, and then I'll give you the rest. Let's do salvation for Justus and his household. Justus. Justus and his household. Acts chapter 18 and verse 5. Acts chapter 18 and verse 5. Acts chapter 18 verse 5. It says, When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus, that Jesus was Christ. You see, he said, when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, look at the man that is preaching. He, he just ministering that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah. And the Jews opposed him and became abusive, insulting him. Get out. Come, 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 come out. Come. Get out. How many of you have had that encounter before? You went to preach. You were trying to share Christ with some people and then they look at you like you are mad. You know, they look at you and they look at themselves. It's like... Am I, do I look like ignorant to you? You're telling me about God. Do I look, is, have you experienced that before? So they opposed Paul and became abusive. He shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own head. Your blood be on your As for me, I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. You see, that is your responsibility to share. It is not you to save them. Let them refuse you. Let them reject you. Just move on and say your blood is on your your blood is not on me. Because if you don't share with, it, with them, then their blood is on you. But their blood will be on them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So there's no need for argument. And, you know, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23. 2 Timothy 2, verse 23. Let's pause on that. Look at that. Look at that scripture. So when you go for evangelism, when you go for evangelism, it says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Don't have anything. Who is Jesus? Who was Jesus' father? If Joseph was Jesus' father, who was his father? Who was Jesus' mother? If you know, tell me. Before, if you say God, God is, who, God, who is God's wife? You say, foolish, foolish and stupid arguments. The Bible says that ignore. It says don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid argument because you know they produce quarrels. So when you go for evangelism and someone is trying now argue with you, okay, you see some, some people, they just, okay, okay, 
they pretend like they want to really hear you. So they go in the shade. You know, they go in the shade. They bring you. And then you think you have had a soul. I, this is my soul. You know? And then they, they have had some, some argumentative scriptures in their heads. And then they pose on the wall. And then they begin to throw some questions to you. You have no answers. Say, avoid such stupid, argumentative, foolish questions. So when they start, you see, if you are not careful, you see, that person alone, a lot of souls will be passing by. And you are with that person. Foolish, stupid, argumentative questions. Avoid them. Don't waste your time. Explain who is Jesus' um, Why didn't he marry? Why was he always moving around with the guys? Why? All kinds of questions. Foolish. If he was God, why was he a carpenter? <laughs> why should I say a question like that? Huh? What, what has that to do with your salvation? What has that to do? Why do you need to know why Jesus was a carpenter? Before you give your life to Christ. Why do you need to know that? Why do you need to know that? Who, who is, who, if Jesus is God's son, why, where is the mother? Who is God's wife? So, go back to our scripture. Let us finish quickly. Our time is up. Let's finish this. Um, go back to Acts chapter 18. It says, Acts chapter 18, I think we're reading verse 6. Right. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your heads. I am clear of, your responsi- of my responsibility. That is your responsibility to share. It is, you can't force anyone to believe. Then it ceases to be faith. Do you understand? He says, from now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. And look, then Paul left the synagogue and went next to the house of Titus. Titus Justus. A worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. Hallelujah. Crispus was also baptized. He believed in the Lord, he and his whole household. The next one, write it down. Aristobulus. 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 Romans chapter 16 and verse 10. Aristobulus was saved, he and his household. Just go and read it. And the next one, Narcissus. Narcissus, N-A-R-C-I-S-S-U-S. Narcissus and his household. Romans 16 and verse 11. I'm showing you all these things to let you know that God's intention, there are several examples littered in the Bible, and God's intention is for you to be saved and your household. So Narcissus, he was saved, he and his household. The next one, Stephanus. Or Stephanus. Stephanus. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 16. And the next one, Onicephorus. 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 I think it's a very nice name, isn't that so? Yeah, Onicephorus. God saved him. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 19. Onicephorus. Onicephorus. 2 Timothy 4 
and verse 19. Now you realize that several others also, I mean, when you read these scriptures and around these scriptures that I've given you, you will realize that there are several others also who are also like you. You see, they will mention all these people and then they will mention this person, but him and his household. But there are others, they are mentioning him and his wife or him and his child only. There are others, they are mentioned alone. Like you. Do you understand? But God takes notice of the ones who receive salvation and enriches their household. God takes notice of them. Hallelujah. So how many people did we look at? Who did we look at? The nobleman. The nobleman was saved. He and his household. Who else? Cornelius. Cornelius was saved. Not him alone, but he and his household. Who else? Lydia. Lydia was saved. She and her household. Next. Who? The prison officer. Or the prison official. Saved and his household. Next. Justice was saved. He and his household. Next. Crispus saved. He and his household. Next. Who? Aristobulus. It's a nice name. You can name your child Aristobulus. <laughs> and shorten it for Aristos. Or Aris. Aristobulus. He was saved. He and his household. And the next one. Narcissus. Narcissus. He was saved and his household. And who else? Stephanus. Stephanus. Or Stephanus. Was saved and the entire household. And who else? Onesephorus. Onesephorus. God saved Onesephorus and his household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, and there are several others. You see, God took note of the ones who received salvation and they kept it to themselves alone. God took note of them. But these people, God mentioned them. God mentioned their name. God took notice of them. And their names are mentioned with their household. So many people. God saved them and their household. Hallelujah. So which side would you be? May your name be mentioned with those who are saved with the reference made to your household. As you have received salvation, may it reach your household. May you also go on your knees praying for your household. May you intercede for your household. May you seek the lost face for your household that none of the members of your household will go to hell. None of them will be taken by the enemy. But every single family member, every relative, every friend of yours that you know, you will make intercession. Pray for them. Call upon their names. Write their names. Go on your knees and pray for them that salvation will reach you and your household. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. Oh, Jesus. We thank you. Now begin to pray. Begin to pray. For you and your household. For your household. For your household. We are thankful and grateful. This afternoon, Lord, we pray. Let none of our households perish. Father, you say it's not your will that any of us will perish. Lord, you singled us out and you brought us to your saving kingdom. 
to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord, if you have favored us this afternoon, we ask, oh God, let it be done according to your will concerning the rest of our household. Lord, we pray, let salvation reach out to our household, to the entire household. Let every family member of ours, our friends, oh God, let salvation reach them. Show them favor. If you have shown us favor, oh God, Lord, may you do us this favor and let salvation reach our household in the name of Jesus. May we be counted amongst them who are saved, they and their household. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. My soul, my soul. With all eyes closed, every head bow. You are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to receive salvation. You want to receive Jesus Christ into your life. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal savior i want to welcome jesus into my life if that is your prayer with all eyes closed and every head bow wherever you are lift up your hands with all eyes closed a very private moment and a very dignified moment very precious moment you are here you say pastor pray with me with all eyes closed and every head bowed, wherever you are, you know you do. If you were to die today, you are not going to heaven. You can confirm that today. You can make your salvation sure. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life? Beloved, think about it. If you were to die today, if you were to die today, where are you going? Tomorrow is not guaranteed anyone. Tomorrow is not guaranteed anyone. There were people younger than you, young people who just went to school. And someone just went and just shot them. They never thought that as they were going to school, they were not coming back home. No one is guaranteed, even the next minute. Not the next day. If that is you, you are here and you say, if I die today, if I am to die today, I am not sure where I'm going. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your hand. Just with, lift up your hand with all eyes closed and I will pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Is there anyone else like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. He intends to save you, you and your household. Is there anyone else? Lift up your hands where I can see you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? If you have lifted up your hand, keep it up so I can see. God bless you. Why don't you come forward? If you have lifted up your hand, I want to pray with you. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Come on to 
let him have his way. Amen. Maybe you are also here, you want to join. You felt you were once with Christ, you were walking strongly with Jesus, but you feel that today you are far away. And if you were to die today, you are not sure where you will go. If that is you, I want you to come and I'll pray with you. Come here right now. Come and I'll pray with you. You feel very far from Christ. If you were to die today, you are not certain of your salvation. But today you want to make sure that you are with Christ. If Jesus were to come today, you want to make sure that you'll be with him. Is there anyone here like that? Okay. My sister, why don't you lift up your right hand and say this prayer after me. And I want all the congregation to join and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I don't know. I don't know how you directed my steps how you direct to be steps. in your house today. To be in your house today. But today. But today, this afternoon, this afternoon, I come to you. I come to you as a sinner, as a sinner, but with a heart, with a heart full of repentance, full of repentance. Forgive me, forgive me, all my sins, all my sins. Cleanse me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. If there's anything, if there's anything in my heart, in my heart that does not please you, that does not please remove you. it from my heart. Remove it from my heart. This afternoon, this afternoon, I welcome you. I welcome you into my heart into my heart lord jesus lord jesus be my lord be my lord be my master be my master be my savior be my savior please write my name please write my name in the book of life in the book of life thank you jesus thank you jesus for saving me for saving me and now say this say satan satan I do not walk with you anymore. I do not walk with you anymore. I have made a decision. 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 I have made a choice. I have made a choice. I have chosen Jesus. I have chosen Jesus. I will walk with Jesus. I will walk with Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will serve Jesus. From today. From today. I do not serve you anymore. I do not serve you. You have no power over my life. You have no power over my life. I am under the blood of Jesus. Under the blood of Jesus. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. For saving Father, me. glory and honor belongs to you. Amen. He said, the heavens rejoice Amen. when one of such saints return to your kingdom. Amen. Therefore, oh God, I pray, let there be a hedge Amen. around your child. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. build a hedge around her. Let the hedge be strong. Amen. The enemy shall not have a hand in the hedge. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, everything that she has sought after, Father, for confirmation of the word, let there be miraculous sign and a wonder Amen. in the name of Jesus. We give you glory and we give you honor. May she always walk with you. Amen. May she never depart in her walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I have this gift. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.